And we are back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 289, with the, I would say, divisive, legendary artist, Mike S. Miller. He, you know, gets into some trouble every once in a while, you know? (laughs) What are you saying, young man? (laughs) Divisive, you know, supports Trump. You know, he's just obviously the worst guy if you go on Twitter. Like, What makes you think I support Trump? You know, I would think your shirt has something to say with that, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, I it's crazy, man. My, I wear my it, beliefs on my sleeve, literally. You know, it's crazy, man, that if people talk about you on Twitter, people will talk about you as if, like, you literally went outside and kicked a grandma in the face consistently, just going out and just beating up grandmas. What did you do to people? Actually? I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, might as well start it off right now, which is, how did you get into, you know, comic books, actually? Well, 32 years ago, I walked into a wonder con with a a brown bag full of artwork, Mm -hmm. and uh, I wandered around a different, uh, you know, I went to different, it was my first convention, Mm -hmm. and I went to different, um, oh, wait, gosh, no, is it my second convention? I think it was my first convention. And I went to, um, you know, I went to Tom DeFalco at, and got a portfolio review. He gave me his card. I went, I think I went to DC and did a portfolio. I did the portfolio review route. And then I went up and I'm, and I talked to um, Jeff Johnson, who I had just met like the week earlier at a Bay area comics club meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was like the only professional I, I knew. And I went and I talked to him. He's like, Hey, why don't you go over to Malibu? And uh, and asked for Chris Ohm because he already had seen my portfolio. I showed him the, the week per- previously. Mm-hmm. And so I went up to Malibu, asked for Chris Ohm. He was right there. And I said, hey, Jeff Johnson wanted me to show you some stuff. So I handed him my brown paper bag, <laughs> like literally <laughs> a grocery bag. This is my portfolio <laughs> at the time. And uh, he looked through it and he's like, yeah, this is great. I'll give you some work. And I was like, what? <laughs> so he hands me his card and I get just super stoked. And uh, so I go back and I tell John, Jeff, and he's sitting next mm-hmm. to Dan Panosian. So he's like the second pro I ever met. Um, and uh, yeah, that following Monday, um, I was like super excited. So I, I faxed Chris this, this picture, which was a blow up from my sketchbook of mm-hmm. Colossus. Remember, wait, you don't remember because you're younger than my career. Okay, yes. so back in the, the I'm those a days, as you guys would say, <laughs> <laughs> those uh, um, Wizard Magazine used mm-hmm. to have these this uh, contest like every month. You could draw characters in the wizard robes, and if they liked it, they would publish it or something mm-hmm. like that. I can't remember. Um, so I had drawn this picture of Colossus in my sketchbook in a wizard robe. Uh, inked it with a technical pen because I had no idea how to ink at the time mm-hmm. uh, and sent it in. Oh, I, I, I faxed that to Chris Ohm and he mm-hmm. calls me back in like five minutes and he's like he's like, is this how you ink? And I'm like uh, yeah, but you said you're going to give me penciling work. He's like, yeah, yeah, but we need an inker like right now. And I'm like <laughs> I'm game. Let's go. And so uh, yeah, I started inking. I think the first thing he sent me was like Airman or mm. something i don't know there was uh, i did so much work for malibu back then and, and they mm. just started dumping because i they sent it to me mm-hmm. i inked it i turned it around super fast because like i said i didn't know what i was doing 
Um, not that I wasn't, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty fast artist, so that's not here or there, but like I was turning around because I was turning around so quick, they would just send me more stuff. And it was like, I was just constantly doing stuff. And it was like, it was only 40 bucks a page, but you know, I was doing like four or five pages a day and I was 20, mm -hmm. 21, 22 years old, something like that. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm not going to college anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they had me doing um, uh, covers for protectors for mm -hmm. the, the newsstand editions. So that was the first penciling stuff I did was the... Mm -hmm. I don't know, a dozen covers for, for protectors. And then uh, my first penciling gig was cable issue 12 for Marvel. And then from that, I went to triumph, a triumph miniseries for DC and then Wildstorm, blah, 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 just a bunch of stuff. So just basically from, since you were like young, you were in the comic book scene for the most part. Ever since well, I started, I started reading comics in third mm -hmm. grade. Third grade, so, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, that's that was the you know that was the golden age, man. The the early eighties, uh, early mid eighties. It was. Oh, sorry about that, guys. It's internet. Miller just wrapped up um, his Daredevil run. Mm -hmm. um, he was doing, I think, Ronin at the time. I got in something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was like the golden and it's the best age of comics like ever in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of how I, mo I I still model my storytelling and my my you know layouts and whatnot more after an 80s. People say it's old fashioned or whatever. I don't give a damn. I think uh, art should serve the story, mm -hmm. not the other way around. So I've always I've always had that mentality as an artist working for other writers. And as a writer slash artist myself. So. Okay. Because I wanted to ask you this because you, you apparently can do everything. You can do penciling, inking, art, writing. So what can't you do then? Because you basically can do all the important jobs that you get paid a lot of money for. I don't have my own printer. <laughs> Those cost a lot of money, actually. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's beyond my capabilities. <laughs> but if you could have your own printer... You know, then that, I wouldn't that point. want to. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do everything myself. I mm -hmm. I I like delegating, <laughs> mm -hmm. and there's you know it's it's important it's important to know what you're good at and what other people are better at, right? Yeah, when you're like, true, and you always mm -hmm. want to you want to hire people to do the things they're better at than you to produce the best product yeah right? a lot of people don't understand that man like this is something that you know as you as those are if you're younger watching this you would know this and I, as i get a bit older now almost on your level i under this mindset too just because you're not good at something that doesn't mean like you just if you can't do it go find someone that can do it there's no right. like reason you can't do something if someone can't if you yourself can do it go get someone that can i had to learn yeah. it the hard way i was like i thought i could do everything and like no no even the smartest men around them have a team you know yep yep um yeah there's no um it, it's like go build a team with like mind and the same vision the same goals mm -hmm. and that's how that's how you you know, really compete in life, basically. And we know Mike is a little spicy. You know, he's always giving out the hot takes on Twitter. I want to start with the, the, this one first because people really know your name from this property. It was Injustice, right? Which is crazy because you've been working on a lot of work 
for many years, but it really felt like that was what really like propelled you into like, you know, oh, not stardom, but let people know your name. So isn't it, do you find it odd that one of your biggest works came from Superman shoving his hand into Joker's heart and killing him? It's That's my single most famous image in my entire career. Up till that point, it was my Game of Thrones lithograph because I did mm. the first official Song of Ice and Fire lithograph mm -hmm. for George R. R. Martin. And like I showed Gary mm -hmm. uh, Nerdrotics and he's like, that was my screensaver for years. <laughs> right. Um, but up until that, um, yeah. The, and then, you know, Superman killing Joker became my most famous image ever. And so before that, I, I, want to ask I don't mind this. whatever, whatever, you know, So before that, I want to ask you this because I didn't even know because now I do a little more about Injustice because Injustice was my thing back when I was younger, which is what made them do that story, though? Because everyone keeps asking, like, what is their obsession with Superman going evil? So, but that was like, that's like the biggest one for people, you know? So what was the idea and concept around that story? To make I mean, it, was based on the, it was based on the video game. Uh, you know, NetherRealms mm -hmm. had the video game. Right. Warner Brothers, yeah. mm -hmm. And... And they want, you know, that's where the game started was after all of that stuff happened. And they're like, okay, we're going to do the Injustice comic book. But what we're going to do mm -hmm. is the five years prior to the, the five-year story arc. Yeah, five-year prelude, year one, year two. Takes, yeah. yeah, takes mm -hmm. him from the Clark we all know and love to the dictator yeah. in Injustice. So, and so mm -hmm. that that's that's what they wanted. And the the trigger for that event was uh you know joker convincing uh superman that that lois was doomsday and mm -hmm. so look, superman is guilty of killing his own wife yeah that's what people forget is it started as a game because i bought it as a game and then i discovered there was books surrounding it and yeah. so you're the one that caused the whole evil superman debate how could you do that <laughs> I just oh. drew it. I can't take credit for the writings. <laughs> and and Nether Realms had, had already, you know, it was already set in stone. Yeah. Right. I they mean, already we kind were, of, you know, we were just because they, they were done. You know, it, yeah. takes a lot, it takes a long time to make a game. And so they were done with the game. And mm -hmm. then Tom Taylor had, and, and my editor, um, mm -hmm. oh, why am I forgetting his name? Jim Chadwick. Um, they had the story for the game. And so they, they had to go back and tailor. How are you, Taylor? Tom Taylor. Uh, they had to get from, you know, from point A, year one mm -hmm. to year five and figure out, you know, all, all the nooks and crannies and how they got there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they had a, they had the framework, the previous or whatever, whatever story points they had yeah. uh, for the story Bible leading up to the game. And then Tom mm -hmm. had to weave through that. And I think really that's, I think Injustice is probably Tom's best work because he's, mm -hmm. He's like George Lucas, where George Lucas, you let him go, and he just does really. He's he's not a good writer director, but <laughs> control him, and he does hmm. good stuff. Tom, like off on his own, turns into this crazy SJW, hmm. you know, <laughs> turning everybody gay and whatever. Yeah, under the framework of having to follow the injustice yes. timeline. I think he did his best work. And I, 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 at that time I was considering that Tom would be a Mark Wade level writer because he's, he's probably mm -hmm. the second best. How well did that writer. take aging your mind? It's <laughs> like milk probably. Right. I mean, uh, look, um, I knew pretty early on because 
Tom and I were friends on Facebook. And so like one time I commented mm-hmm. on one of his political posts and he goes, Mike, you and I are never allowed to talk politics. And I go, what? I go, fair oh enough. My fair enough. No, oh my God. Because if somebody God. wants to draw the boundary on that friendship like that, I get it. Yeah. Right. Because like mm-hmm. you said, I'm spicy. He's spicy on a whole different side of the spice spectrum and uh (laughs) and so i got that and i respected that boundary um Mm -hmm. and and so that was fine and then uh you know later on he got trump derangement syndrome and i joined comics gate and all that stuff so i haven't (laughs) talked to him in a while okay so we had your early initial career the bag the um let's see the the comic cons the meetups everything propelled you into dc marvel injustice your most iconic image Superman putting his fist through Joker's heart. That's hand. Like a hand. 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 Yes. And what was rad was in Injustice 2. <laughs> they 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 did the 3D model of that because you know in the beginning yeah. of Injustice 2, they do the slow frame and they do that. And I'm like, that's my hand. They they <laughs> used my drawing to reference that shot. <laughs> I know we have NDAs. I'll, I will say this. I mean, you probably can't exactly answer this, but anytime injustice is used ever, they pay you, don't they? No. Wait, there, 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 but there was an Injustice animated movie that came out like in 2021. Yeah, they didn't even credit me. They used my freaking layouts and they didn't even credit me. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Everyone knows they had an Injustice movie that came out in 2021. They made one. The really, really bad one. Straight dog shit movie. They didn't pay you? It's your work. They didn't pay me because they didn't credit me. What? So if you don't credit someone, you don't have to pay them. Yes, it's it's absolute garbage. Um, how did you, did you know that going in or did you found out afterwards? No, I didn't know that going Mm. in. I didn't, I, you would expect, but, uh, whatever. And these are people that are in the comic industry that literally lick the boots of these guys. They they can't do no wrong. That's, oh my God. (sighs) Jeez. I mean, I I don't think you want your name on that movie. That movie is terrible. That movie is You want to hear something funny? I'm under an NDA still, um, about, because I wrote. Nether Realm, oh, okay. Nether Realms didn't come to me. Mm-hmm. I I had this great idea for Injustice 2. Mm-hmm. And um every time I went to a Chicago Comic Con, mm-hmm. someone from Nether Realms would approach me, uh, you know, to, you know, hey, I work in Nether Realms. Can I get your poster and blah blah blah? Mm-hmm. And I would pitch them this story idea for Injustice 2. Every one time, one of the writers came up to me and I pitched him, and he's like, We don't take outside pitches. <laughs> but after that con, mm-hmm. I got a call from, I think his name's Chris Arendt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like the head dude over at Nether Realms, and he's like, Somebody told me your pitch for, for injustice. He's like, He's like, And we hire you to write the Injustice 2 story. And I'm like, Yes, you can. <laughs> so I sat down and I wrote out this freaking it's I still think it's great. And I think it's far superior to the injustice that they used. But mine took place 15 years later. Mm-hmm. And I for whatever reason, they didn't use it. And I think that they wanted to do something like they did, which was like mm-hmm. later that day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But mine, dude, my story, they loved it. My my manager loved it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was an NDA, so I could only I couldn't show very many people. 
but I could show my manager. I showed my, mm-hmm. I showed them, and then nothing. So it's unfortunate that I'm under NDA. I can't even ex- I can't even talk about what it is I did. I wrote. Do you ever think there'll be an Injustice Three? If there is, I hope they use my story from Injustice <laughs> Two. They'd have to tweak some stuff. <laughs> but uh, I'm just. Mind baffled that hey, they used to, an animated you know movie without your name I'll, on it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the beginning, what I was pitching to mm-hmm. these guys before. So, uh, and because I've I've I told many people this before I signed the NDA, so it's it was already out mm-hmm. in the world. All right, so it's 15 years later. Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne is president of the United States. He's brought he uh, um he has brought a contrite and repentant Superman to the funeral mm-hmm. of his mother, right? After the funeral, they're standing over Lois's grave, who's buried in the family plot. And they're talking about, you know, how much he misses her and, you know, how everything went wrong and how you're, you're giving the catch up on how Superman mm-hmm. here is legitimately repentant. <clears throat> and Superman, you know, they're talking about Lois and Superman says, Lois isn't here. And Batman says, of course not. She's in heaven or something like, I can't remember the exact words. And then Superman says, no, Lois isn't here. Heat blast (laughs) blows up the freaking grave, (laughs) tears open the casket and it's (laughs) empty. Right. Flash, whatever switch fade, switch black (laughs) over to Ra's al Ghul's castle. (laughs) Where, a 15-year-old boy is in a practicing martial arts with I think it was Red Hood. I can't remember who I had in the thing, but with another one of the Batman uh Ra's al Ghul people. And then um Ra's al Ghul comes out and you know tells him to stop or or whatever that he's getting out of hand and blah blah blah. He's got to control his powers. And um and he calls him, I forget what he called him something l it's like cal not cal l obviously mm-hmm. and then um and then lois comes out of the dark i can't remember exactly what the pitch but lois came out of comes out of the dark and they've been living there and raz al ghul has been raising superman's son who he's because she was pregnant when she died right mm-hmm. but raz al ghul took their bodies lazarus pit raised them up gave birth he's been raising Superman's son this whole time and he becomes the villain for well uh injustice too. What goes in your head half the time? <laughs> Dude, it was so much fun. And I, 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 freaking, I went through and I I put so like all the characters and I I resur- I can't talk about it. that's all I can talk about. Yeah, it was the, that came out of Mike's time. brain. Oh, I was like <laughs> Oh God. Oh, I do want to ask you this because now you're more, you would say now you're more indie, right? What was, okay. I'm, all, I don't know if you can talk about this because you're all indie it up. Okay. So what would make DC or Marvel not hire you at, at a single point? It was because you had falling out with the artists and the writers over like social media, or did you just kind of like willingly leave yourself? You used to like, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, there were two black. Li- I don't, I don't, I would suppose I'm blacklisted now because of comics. Gate, but you have to be. Yeah. Prior to that, I was blacklisted in 2000 because I was on the DC Comics message board. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and um, 
I had just I had just come from being I was on Adventures of Superman at the time, and I had just come from San Diego Comic Con where I was on a panel with Jeff Loeb and some of the other Superman mm-hmm. creators. And uh, Jeff Loeb during that during that Superman panel says that uh, you know Clark Kent is obviously a Christian, right? He's born in in, mm-hmm. in Nebraska. What is it? I can't even remember. Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Mike is here, everyone. Don't worry. He's a little bit of a delay because his uh, internet is being uh, used by you know some of his kids, actually, which happens when they're probably playing Fortnite and stuff like that, actually. Well, hopefully he'll still be back, just like my dad. And maybe my dad will come back. You're back? Yeah, I'm here. We're back. All right. We're black, right? We're black. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm yellow. And so, yeah, he was saying that. And then I came back and I went on the mm-hmm. DC Comics message boards and I was like, hey, Jeff said Superman is a Christian, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Oh, my gosh. People started just hating on me saying that Superman was a Christian. I'm like, it's not me. That's the writer. And then people started saying, oh, you're a Christian. He's like, what do you think about homosexuality? I'm like, <laughs> I believe the Bible is true. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, after having that conversation, uh, this this group of guys called they called themselves, I kid you not, mm-hmm. the GLA, the Gay League of America, <laughs> that they were they were doing a letter writing campaign to DC editorial to get me fired. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, Bob Shrek, known open, flamboyantly mm-hmm. homosexual man, was like. Batman group editor. So probably the most powerful guy in editorial at DC at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to guess they they nailed him because uh it worked cuz I went from being on JLA, I was the fill-in artist on JLA mm-hmm. or um Brian Hitch. I had a greenlit. This would have been so epic. I had a greenlit 12 issue JLA maxi series that was basically the guns of Navarone in space. It was going to be DC's DC's Avengers forever. Mm -hmm. This was going to be this maxi series. I was so stoked. And suddenly everything dried up. So you're even saying back in the day, I was on their flagship title. Mm -hmm. About to do a flagship maxi series, and I was suddenly persona non grata. But this was DC New York. Oof! Uh, and as this you know, DC your New people York. are crazy. That's yeah. what you and mentioned so earlier. York. Is so basically, these guys found out you were a Christian and tried to basically cancel you by writing letters to the DC editor at the time. So, to, so oh, you didn't try. Oh, yeah. you succeeded. So you, you're, you're even saying that cancel culture in comics was even from back then. Because people act like oh, it's yeah. like when well, the newest Chuck things. Dixon, same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. not with the message mm-hmm. boards, but Chuck Dixon got canceled back then too. Probably even earlier than me, I'm sure. What is with them? Why don't they... They're SJWs. Like, what do you want? What do you mean? Why don't they like people with 
I always, I always question like they literally just want an echo chamber of people to just basically suck them off constantly. Literally circle jerk all their freaking weird fetishes and weird ideas for these characters. Like the ease. The easiest way to understand that boils down to uh, truth doesn't fear the lie, but the lie fears the truth. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's how you know the side that that's telling the truth. The side that's that's right and moral and true <laughs> is because they're open to discussion. They're open to debate. They're open to people disagreeing with them. Right. The side that is not is the side that doesn't want to hear what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I just find it so crazy that, you know, even then they made they made sure to get people out that didn't agree with them. And it's like what I, I just don't understand that. Like if we sat here and we disagreed on everything, I'd be like, hey, it's a pretty cool guy. He might be a little crazy, but he's a pretty cool guy. I'll talk to that guy again. These guys don't I'm want that. I'm fine with that. These guys don't want that at all. These yeah. guys literally want, hey, um I can't say that on YouTube. I can't. They want to silence dissenting voices. Yeah, essentially that. Yeah, you. If you simply have an opinion on LGBTQ people that's not theirs, oh, you're just Hitler to them. You're just Donald yeah. Trump. They try to get you. Literally, out. <laughs> literally Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> so after you left the mainstream, you you know stumbled upon Comicsgate, and I know now you have. Oh wow, there's a long, there's a long. Okay, so I mean, you you, you got to get. From there, I went mm -hmm. independent. I started working yeah. with uh, with George R. R. Martin on um, you know the Hedge of Night series. Right. I did three of those series. One of them was through Marvel, which was the only Marvel work I'd done since then because Marvel also had me blacklisted because Marvel and DC at the time they're they were interchangeable. Mm -hmm. um, and then I I came back to DC only because they made the foolish mistake of buying Wildstorm and I was an, a Wildstorm alum. So all the editorial people that they brought into DC, mm -hmm. West Coast DC, that was all Wildstorm people. So I was like, give me some work, guys. And they're like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and DC New York was probably like, he's on our black line. understand how this works. <laughs> Oh, so ba yeah, basically, was, as you would say, it was kind of like by luck you were even able to work with DC again because they ended up buying those characters, right? Yeah. Well, they Ugh. bought they bought Wildstorm, and then they they closed Wildstorm, but they couldn't fire everybody at Wildstorm, so they they brought everybody who was willing to stay up to uh, Los Angeles to work at at the Warner Brothers Studios. Oof. So when did you ever stumble upon like Comicsgate? Because what I remember about Comicsgate is vague stuff throughout the years for the most part, because I wasn't really in, I would say that kind of group. It was stuff that I was hearing about, watch videos through. I was like, I just never understood what it really was. And someone tried to basically explain to me, like, it's basically image like it was back in the day. I was like, okay. No, that's creator. not how Comicsgate started at all. That, yeah, I mean, like that, that, that's how people try to explain to me. But no, I'll, I'll have you explain it to me then. Okay, Comicsgate started as a consumer movement. It was a mm -hmm. bunch of uh, YouTubers who were critics of the where the direction that comic books were going. It was mm -hmm. England Teen, uh, Weaponized Nerd Rage, Edwin Boyette, Yellow Flash, that Umbrella Guy, mm -hmm. uh, your boy Zach. Right. Um, I know I'm gonna miss a couple, but uh, you know, like guys like this, <clears throat> and they were they were criticizing the way Marvel and DC were running 
the comic book industry and all of the, you know, everyone has to be, you know, a gay, black, lesbian, whatever. Now it's like, you know, all of this destruction of the here. It's, it's, I consider it to be um, the cultural version of, I mean, not cultural, but the pop culture version of cultural mar Marxism. You know, you're tearing down our idols. You're tearing down our statues. You're tearing down our heroes. Literally, in this case, you're tearing down our superheroes to replace them with other thans, right? That's what cultural Marxism is. That's why they tear down all the statues, right? That's why they try to destroy our history. Well, in pop culture, this is how it works. And so, um, you know, people are getting very upset about that. And that that was comicsgate and the people that were following that i don't remember somebody i mean they kind of got the name from gamergate but i'm not really sure who doug ernst thank you captain cummings yes um eric july probably too i'm not i don't think he was comicsgate but i'm sure he was making the same complaints and then at some point <clears throat> ethan van skyver joined your favorite artist was... right <laughs> Ethan's terrible uh <laughs> Had to throw that one in there. Just I just love it was love lucky shot, but sorry, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's funny. I'm simul simul streaming this on my channel, and I like never talk about Ethan. So this is gonna be like whoever's watching this. <laughs> Welcome. Um so Ethan jumps in there and mm -hmm. and like all of them, they're like, <clears throat> you know, hey, we've got a pro in the movement now. And so they kind of like direct attention towards him. So he starts becoming, mm -hmm. he starts finding his voice because before he was just very, that's very mellow. I'm just down here and I'm drawing my comic books and I hope you like it and blah, blah, blah. And interviewing Mark Wade. And I remember that uh, one. That was my first comic yeah. case to remember watch was that one. It popped on my feet. I was like, is he interviewing Mark Wade? They're like polar opposites. Man, he would yeah. never come on now. Holy crap. Yeah. A lot has changed yeah. since then. Mm -hmm. No. And um, so, yeah, then and then uh, <clears throat> it was uh, your boy, Zach, decided, you know, after all these guys were talking about, um, you know, oh, you're just a critic. You're just a critic. If you think you can do better than you do better. And yeah, Zach's like, yeah. OK, I'll do better. So uh, he hired Kelsey Shannon and then he hired John Malin and they did uh, the first Jawbreakers. And um, Kelsey Shannon was first. For everybody out there, Kelsey Shannon was the first artist in Comicsgate, and um, and so they did Jawbreakers. I I can't remember how much Jawbreakers made. It was like I can't I can't remember. It made hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and then Ethan jumped in with Cyberfrog. He made half uh, four hundred thousand dollars, I think, on his first campaign, or a little over that. I can't remember. Anyways, he ultimately did very well. Um, and then. I was on a stream and I was, I was, I was cordial with Ethan. I wasn't friends with him at the time we started Comicsgate because he and I have had this very contentious relationship going all the way back to 1996 or 1997 on the AOL message boards. Good God. Holy <laughs> AOL message boards. Holy crap. Now I know I'm old. I remember that stuff. Yeah, it was uh 9697 we would fight on the AOL message boards. So you basically have kind of been at odds with this guy since like 1990, you said. We're in 2024, man. <laughs> 97, 97. Come on, don't age me. Oh god. Um 
so we had had that contention uh and then we had we'd sort of been cordial to each other in uh in this this private group on facebook for conservative comic creators i'm not going to talk about it it's a private group but um yeah because you know it's like oh we identify with a lot of the same stuff and blah 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 and and uh <laughs> I'll skip that part. And then, and then ultimately, you know, uh, he, he invited me on his live stream. Um, it was like the one where he crossed $400,000, I think. And he was just so elated and, you know, I was just there and I was like, Oh, this is, you know, congratulations. I was very excited for him. It was very, I mean, it's great. Right. For it, it was mind blowing. And he, he's like, Mike, Mike, he's like, you have to join Comic Skate. You have to join Comic Skate. And I'm like, okay. So that's why I joined Comic Skate. What year was that? Do you remember? I, I knew very little about it prior to that night because he didn't, he didn't invite me into the stream. And I was really, I, I just really didn't know Jack about Comic Skate. Um, I knew because I had been talking to him previously about he's like telling me that I should get into YouTube and all of this stuff. And he's telling me how much money he was making in super chats and all this stuff. And um, and, you know, he's saying he just he was trying to he was trying to tell me how to get into the YouTube game. So I started doing some YouTube stuff and then he, that's how I ended up on there. And uh, that's how I got into Comicsgate and I started, uh, I, I, you know, like like the next day, I think I was like, you know what, I'm going to draw I'm going to draw. Um, a picture of, of these comic skate guys it's like me now i guess and ethan and i had already had a book in I'd, I'd already been working on my on lone star number one and i had already been planning on crowdfunding it for <clears throat> probably since the previous san diego comic-con because uh, a friend of my dennis cacao he's a he's a, have you ever heard of the undress i don't think i have probably no. Probably not. Yeah. So is the undress is this this it's a it's a dress a girl can put on. It's got zippers and pockets and stuff so that like you can go to the beach, you can be in your regular clothes. You put on the undress, you can take off your clothes under the undress and put on your bikini under the undress without anybody seeing anything. And then you take off your dress and then or you take off the undress and you're in your bikini. Right? So it's it's like a dress you put on to change your clothes in public. And dude, he'd been crowdfunding these things on Kickstarter and just making like half a million bucks at a time, right? Mm -hmm. And and so he was he was teaching me what I needed to do to crowdfund way before Comicsgate was even a twinkle in my eye. And so I was already preparing this and I was already gathering emails for an email list and all this kind of stuff. And then it kind of got jump started when Ethan, you know, brings me into Comicsgate and uh that's kind of how that all happened. So I didn't really know much about Comicscape, but then I sat down and I was like, I knew Mitch Breitweiser was in it. I knew the Jawbreakers and I knew Cyberfrog. And then I was going to add my Lone Star stuff to it. And so I started doing this jam piece. And then, you know, Ethan comes on with me and we're like talking about it and how, you know, he's like, oh, you should use this as a poster and, you know, sell it to, to Comicscape. I'm like, okay. So... That's kind of how I got into Comicsgate. So what's this thing? Because this is, I'll just have you explain it all to me because I'm just trying to learn. There's this cover 
he went with, or you, you, you guys had this argument about this cover. You told him not to go with this, but he ended up doing it. What was that about? Hmm. And just like my dad, he's. I don't know if we're still streaming. Are we? Yeah, you're like we are. completely <laughs> locked up. I don't know if it's the case on my end or not. Yeah, I think it might be on your end. I think I'm moving. Is it my end? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're good now. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I was moving just fine on my end. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Okay. Now we're you're in like bizarre world or something. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, you're talking about the Michael Rowingo cover. Yeah, yeah. Because the one yeah, you were bringing okay. up recently on Twitter. So what's this argument? You told him not to use something, he ended up doing it, or how did that go about? No, I think that was um I don't I don't remember him saying not to do it. I don't know. I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but the Michael Rowingo thing was I had a old um, layout basically by Michael Rowingo that he had thrown out. It was a, it was, mm -hmm. he was doing layouts for this cover of Spider-Man and he didn't mm -hmm. like this one. So he threw it out <laughs> and this, this art collector, um, he's like, Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> and then he gave it to me. He's like, yeah, do a finishes on it. And you can be, it can be a Michael Rowingo, Mike Miller cover. And which is, kind of a normal thing it's like artists doing finishes on other artists work that's typical in comics it's like that's why in some comics you'll see pencils and inks like credit and then some comics you'll see breakdowns and inks and then sometimes you'll or, or if you'll see breakdowns and finishes that's when a penciler does much much looser pencils to the point of just being breakdowns and then someone else comes in and does finishes where you take it all those, those three <laughs> Mike, you must stop drinking. You're looking blurry. Holy crap. Okay, I'll give you that one. Okay, so how did it get to a point where you just have this utter, I won't say disdain for Ethan, but it, where it's at now, you know? Because there's been many other, like, campaigns you talked about on Twitter, too. So what's this war campaign? For anyone who's new to this stuff, who just doesn't know this stuff, what was the whole big issue with the whole war campaign thing? That Everyone keeps bringing war. up war campaign, break broke comics gate or something like that. Yeah, was it? Uh, there's a few people who are just so new they don't even remember a war campaign. So, uh, <clears throat> okay, so war campaign was kind of Ethan's Praetorian Guard. They would call him Caesar, and they would march around the comics gate videos, you know, <laughs> saying "Hail Caesar, Hail Caesar," <laughs> and um, and they considered themselves to be the protectorate of of you know caesar and so anyone who disagreed with ethan or um mocked ethan or whatever they would go after them guns blazing with mm -hmm. some very vile material um i'm a bible believing born again christian so this isn't just the stuff i mean pornographic and dildo memes and all this kind of stuff that i'm just like i don't want to i don't want to have anything to do with this and if this is what Comicsgate is willing to put up with, and quite frankly, Ethan, as the leader of Comicsgate, and he can pretend all day, not all day long that he wasn't, he was. Um, when he came out and full-throatedly endorsed all of that behavior, I was like, all right, I'm out. So I so that's why I left Comicsgate. What year was that, actually? 2000. 19. 2019. So you've been been part of Comicsgate for like what four or five years at this point? You've been kind I mean, of it's, it's three years and change. It was it okay. Was, it was the 
Yeah, three and a half years. It was right after San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> Will you say that? It sounds like you got out of a piece of relationship. Yeah, I've been out of it for a long time. Just gonna sit down and start drinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. <God. laughs> so Ethan, Ethan um, then oh. decided to destroy me. His words, not mine. Um, mm -hmm. For the course of the next two years. And that's kind of what killed his channel. I don't want to say it's dead, but... Ethan at the time was was the fastest growing channel in the nerd culture space. I mean, mm -hmm. he was bigger than Geeks and Gamers. He was bigger than Nerdrotic. He was bigger mm -hmm. than Yellow Flash, Tug. I don't know how big Eric July was at the time, but Ethan was like the big guy and he was growing like crazy. You could you, you used to be able to just watch his social blade and it was just and then um, and then he turned all of his attention to he turned all his his attention to destroying me and Doug Tenapple and and Edwin Boyette is just some, like I said, he was one of the founders of Comicsgate, but he turned on Ethan too, and he's just, he actually didn't even really turn. He just left Comicsgate. He was, he left. Was Doug the I guy? Did. Was Doug the guy who was a Christian and he left because he didn't want to deal with like stuff that you know was gonna be harmful to his religious beliefs? Actually, okay, yeah, that's kind of the pride is a sin thing. So, <clears throat> so that's kind of where the the first hitch in the road was was um june 1st mm -hmm. 2019 mm -hmm. uh i posted pride is a sin on twitter for the uninitiated june is pride month and so i thought i'd put pride is a sin as i tend to do on facebook or whatever um it was it just sat there for five days nobody really paid a lot of attention to it except for the people the typical people that argue with sjws and whatnot and then, uh, and then somehow or another, Ethan got wind of it and he went on this tweeting tirade, just tearing into me for saying pride is a sin and saying I was homophobic and all of this garbage and, um, homophobic, hateful, you know, stupid, divisive Christian beliefs, which pissed off every conservative Christian in Comicsgate. You, you just called conservative Christian beliefs stupid and divisive. Okay. <laughs> Good move. Smart. Smart move, Ethan. Uh, and so um, we kind of had this private powwow and a, a heal, and, and we agreed to do a healing stream. And it was just, it was funny because I, Ethan always loves to say this. <clears throat> he says, Mike came on, Mike came in all smug and he's leaning back in his chair with his arms crossed. He says, you're in quite the pickle, aren't you, Ethan? And I did say that, but because <laughs> he stuck himself in that position where he just, he just did he not realize that Comicsgate was a primarily not conservative Christian, but a primarily conservative movement? Mm -hmm. You know, conservative, libertarian. These are the people who hate SJWs. These are the people who don't want everyone turning gay, right? It's that's just what it is, and. Um, mm -hmm. So like you know, and, I yeah. pride is in, and he decided that would be a good time to mm -hmm. to call all the conservative Christians in Comicsgate stupid and divisive. Because mm. that's the thing: if it's a conservative-driven movement initially, they wouldn't want. Because most of the people like yourself would be a conservative or Republican or whatever. You don't want politics in the books. You just want it to be escapism. No, like 
like the X-Men comic where it's like, Bobby, you're gay. Like you don't want that stuff in your books. So like, yeah. But, but, but like, Comicsgate is also divisive amongst thought because the, the way that I it was presented to me, this way it was presented to me by other people was it was a, a diverse group of people who wanted to put comics first, but it's all individual thought. But you would be like, that's a later idea that came into the group, right? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that why would I want to be in, in, in a movement that would blacklist me for the same reason DC and oh, I got Marvel would yeah, blacklist Yeah, I see your point. Yeah, true. Right? Mm -hmm. right? Freedom of speech, it was part of this movement. It's like the whole point is like you get to say whatever you, you get to believe whatever you want to believe. Mm -hmm. Don't shove your politics. Don't <laughs> put you, politics. He gave you a night letter. He <laughs> 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 threatened you. He threatened you on Twitter. <laughs> night letters. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's what happened. And then Doug, it, it was really after the Pride of the Sin thing, Doug realized, like, he kind of, and this is what he said. I don't, I don't want to rehash his whole thing, but he was saying, it's like, I thought this was a group of guys who were going to help me fight the rainbow. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, if, if that's not what this is, then I don't want to be a part of it. And I was a little more open to it because I'm a little more libertarian than Doug is. Doug actually hates the word libertarian. Um, but I think people have the right to be idiots. I think they have the right to believe whatever stupid crap they want to believe. Um, that's my libertarian slant on on personal morality and all of that stuff. I mean, as long as you're not killing innocent human lives. But um, you know, your the the boundary of your freedom is your is your personal being. You can do say whatever you want as long as you're not hurting other people. Um Doug's Doug's more rigorously conservative than I am. So that's what tipped him off. And he's like, well, I don't want to be a part of this then because, you know, all this, this is not what I signed up for. And so he kind of noped out there. Ethan begged him for a while to come back. He, he was saying, well, if you're going to leave, you know, don't just don't badmouth confiscate on the way out. And, and you know, he, he, he was begging him to come back and begging him to come back. And uh, ultimately he just left. And then, I left and then, or Edwin left before me and then, then I left and then, yeah. Uh, then, then he decided to turn his channel into let's destroy Doug, Mike and Edwin. And then his channel growth completely stalled out ever since he's, he's, he's pretty much got the same number of uh, subscribers now that he did then. Meanwhile, right? 140, I think it's down 145 now. Yeah, after this week with you, no, it's crazy. He's been doing all these like uh, trash cast streams and stuff, but his numbers—he's been telling people to subscribe. That's that's what happens with the kind of audience. That kind of audience doesn't update people's channels. That's the worst audience ever. People don't understand that, man. That kind of audience only cares if you hate. It's kind of like the enemy of your enemy is my friend. That's that audience. That's their mindset. Yeah, but they but don't actually care is there, is, it. Is, is, mm -hmm. His his. Audience, the Venn diagram between Comicsgate, Yellow Flash, Young Ripa, Friday yeah. Night Titan, mm -hmm. that is a very overlapping Venn diagram of fans, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Geeks and gamers. All of these guys mm -hmm. very much overlapped. So when you're targeting other people in shared fandoms, all mm -hmm. you're doing is cutting down your support, mm -hmm. right? You're not making fans by targeting people who are fans of the people you're targeting mm -hmm. right that's mm -hmm. it's suicide it's 
<laughs> kamikaze pro suicide you know it's uh it's not a good look as as the sjws would say. the other thing i wanted to ask you was that people have this narrative that like comics gate the funding in one of the campaigns saved your house or something what was that oh uh, well yeah i was going through um i was really behind on my mortgage at the time i started getting into comics gate it's a it's a misnomer that it saved my house, but they did they were paying my bills. I mean, I was paying, you know, it was paying my bills. But the reality is, I got a loan mm-hmm. modification. And that's what saved my. Oh, house. Okay, but I, I want to say that to the people that are in Comicsgate, like the fans, they do support. It's not like there's a fan base that doesn't support. It just depends on there might be the hierarchy of fans of creators. They do choose to support one or the other. You know, that's kind of yeah. how it is. But you know, I, I would never say that they don't support who they like. That is something that is, I think. It's awesome about, about a fan base. Where yeah, the, just... the hard part is uh, they'll they'll support who they like, but a lot of them are so dumb they have to be told who to like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like some of them literally, I'm not trying to be mean here, but some of them sound like literal straight NPCs, like just downloadable bots. Yeah, they're, 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 they, they could all fit on the short bus. <laughs> oh, goodness And gracious. no, I don't mean everyone in Comics Gate as <laughs> being pathetic EVS simps. Oh, God, man. But yes, for anyone who's watching, uh, my YouTube channel is Master Swag King. Uh, one of your mods, I think Jeff Poss, put the link in the chat. Thank you so much if you're going to subscribe in advance. Not saying you have to, but if you do, thank you. Okay, next thing. You put out a tweet recently. Why, why does Mike always put me in this spot, man? Oh, God dang it, Mike. Oh, Lord. His tweet basically about? says, honest question. Knowing the vast majority of Comics Gate consists of nothing but EVF Sims who are happy to nuke every other fandom and relationship to defend their frog lord, why do the rest of you continue to claim ownership of this movement? Please only honest replies. Can't exactly uh, disagree with you on that, you know? <laughs> right? Like, right? Look, but like to me. So here, here's on. what you get there. You get yeah. either. Mm-hmm. honest replies or you get evs simps those are the two replies you get in there <laughs> oh god oh jeez and it's, it's very easy to tell which is which right? oh you can tell they're the profile <laughs> pictures you can tell i i can tell if someone's a, a he him they them or all that in their profile <laughs> pictures or their bios i can easily tell you're a bot like this will like because I know recently you probably heard the story where the HBO guy went out of his way to make fake emails to attack the critics that attacked his show. I'm just saying, how is that not applicable to this movement though? I'm just saying <laughs> that it could be a thing. Just saying, you, I, I'm not putting. Any I don't, I don't think that's. Money. I don't think it's necessary because he has enough simps mm-hmm. to go out there and brigade, and it's really really funny because mm-hmm. um, back back in the early years. Um, Ethan used to lament. He's like, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to get brigaded. It's the worst thing on earth. And that's when. Oh, don't worry, guys. So much. He hated it so much. And now he wields that sword like it's his Hmm. favorite nerf toy. He loves brigading people because SJW is going to SJW, I guess. Also recently, too, Eric July was talking about crowdfunding and stuff like that. Wait, where did you lose me? Oh, no, you're right here. <laughs> I know, but what was the last thing you heard me say? <laughs> no, no, I heard everything. I heard everything. It was just a little okay. tiny slight delay. Your kids must be playing like Fortnite on some live streams because Jesus Christ, man. What Good Lord. 
Huh? What game are you playing? Huh? Roblox. Rope. Dang it. Freaking kids these days. Oh, back in the day, if I had a PC like he did, Hobble Mama, how much like my life would be so I much different. I had a freaking Game Boy Advance as a kid and a Game Boy SP and a Game Boy Color. Good lord. Do you know what my... This is him! I didn't do anything! Why are you guys blaming the black man? What did I do? It's always the black man's fault. Hey, you know what my first physical uh, video game console was? NES or Sega Genesis? Pong. Okay, you are definitely in the boomer stages. (laughs) I'm 52, dude. (laughs) <laughs> oh i was talking to mike oh, I, I i'm just under the assumption every, everything's the black man's fault just sorry about that but yes uh for everyone's asking can we get the link um i just put it in the chat if any of the mods are there put it there thank you so much so looking at everything that's happened so far with like comics gate your time in you know the mainstream do you just now prefer just being solely just independent on your own just being indie at this point now um, what do you mean in regards to comics or what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have I have long term goals. I don't really want to discuss right now. Um, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, no I've, I've got goals. It's got nothing to do with Comics Gate. Um, but I want to put together something important. So I have. I. I really value um, the culture war, and mm-hmm. uh, I I firmly believe you know God didn't put us here to make money; He put us here to make a difference. And so, sure, and and you know, God bless all those guys doing comics. And I know a lot of them. This is like their their last last hurrah, their retirement, mm-hmm. their ability to continue making a living, and all that stuff. And that's that's great. <clears throat> that's not enough for me uh, for my goals. I actually want to fight the culture war. And I just honestly don't think that that selling a couple thousand comics and, and filling my pockets with money is fighting the culture war. Because I know um, you, have a, you have a project with John DeLaRose coming up, the top Griff book. Oh, that was a joke. I mean, I did it. It's it's real, but <laughs> that, that was just done as a lark. So it's not like, <clears throat> yeah, that's not that that's nothing to do with my my longer term goals but uh mm-hmm. uh i'll i'll reveal that stuff when i'm further no worries, down man. the road because so. i actually wanted to ask you about your religion too because i i'll say i don't like christians or anything like that i used to go to church myself obviously i respect people's religions and how they do their life so when so you've been a christian since you were a young kid right ever since you no, were- i became a christian in my early 20s okay so what made you want to convert to christianity then I was raised agnostic. Um, my mm. mom's a Buddhist still. Holy and, um, crap. Okay. Yeah. And um, one of the things I was into was like, I don't know how you phrase it. Like, you know, the stuff on, on uh, the Y files, you watch Y files. No. Oh, really? Uh, I it's I watch ever, girls gone wild as a kid. You know, you don't know. <laughs> no, it's it. No, it's a YouTube channel now. It's really oh, good. They, okay. they cover all, they cover UFOs and mm-hmm. Bigfoot and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And all that kind of, I don't know what you call it. Pseudoscience. I don't know that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that stuff. UFOs and mm-hmm. blah, 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 all that stuff. And one of the things that I was into was near death mm-hmm. experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I was given this book mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, it was really weird, weird book, but ultimately uh, it, it, 
it got me to the point where I was, I was like, I, I prayed earnest, what I would consider earnestly for the first time in my life. And I, <laughs> I prayed, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, mm -hmm. uh, prove to me that I'm not the a-hole that I think I am. That was my prayer. And uh, like 20 seconds later, I was on a real, is in a really nice part of San Diego. And 20 seconds <laughs> later, there was a hitchhiker. And I was like, oh, wow, look, here's a selfless thing I can do for another person. I'll, I'll pick up this. And, and it was funny because he was going, it was a half an hour drive for me to get home. And he was going five minutes from my house. So it was like, I, I, I felt, nah, that, that seems like it might have been an answer. So I prayed again. I don't even remember what the second prayer was. But that, again, it was like 30 seconds later. It was like. At that moment, you would think like your life, on? your life fully changed from that moment, you would say, right? Well, no, no, no. That, that just, that, that, like I said, I was an agnostic. I wasn't an atheist. I didn't hate God and I, I didn't mm -hmm. have like a bone to pick. I just didn't, I had no, I, I never thought I had any reason to believe. Right. Right. And this, this sort of planted that seed that like, maybe there's something more to this than what you're believing. I, you know what? I posted on Facebook today. Um, where did I put? What did I put? I should have this memorized. It was so simple that I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's... it's uh, da, 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 da. Gosh darn it. Challenge. What the heck? Did it not post? I don't think it... Dang it, it didn't post. All right, I'll have to do that later. But um, it's <laughs> challenge something you believe today. Mm. Be curious. That it, It's like the death knell of, a, of growth is the incurious mind, right? It's mm. kind of paraphrasing something Einstein said, you know, about the universe and everything. It's like, it's like if you're not curious, then what are you doing here? <laughs> it's like you're just... Yeah. You're a robot going through life, basically. It's like <laughs> challenge your presuppositions. So, um, hi Gary. Yeah, I got into. Hey Gary, what's up, buddy? Uh, <clears throat> my a friend of mine, Ben. He started. Mm -hmm. He he had previously given me these Chuck Missler tapes on because he knew I cared about UFOs and stuff. Chuck Missler has this mm -hmm. whole thing on the Christian perspective on UFOs. So I started listening to some of that stuff. And then I started listening to some of his other stuff. And he's like, really, I mean, Chuck Missler was like this engineer, which reminded me of my dad. My dad was an engineer too. And so he would get into these like nooks and crannies and, and like all this scientific and medical foreknowledge and all of this stuff. And then I started reading books on, on all these crazy claims that the Bible makes. And I'm like, these claims hold water. This book, I mean, after this, I don't even remember how long it was I was doing all of this, um, but I kind of really like delved. I went down the rabbit hole on the Bible and I came up thinking, all right, this book, it's got medical, scientific, prophetic foreknowledge. Uh, it's either written by time traveling space aliens determined to fool the world mm. or it's written by the author that claims authorship, which would be God. And so I opted with the God one and I didn't, I mean, I just, I just came to that conclusion. Um, and then my friend Ben comes over one, one day and, and, you know, we're talking about it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. This book's, this book is, is unique and written. I think it's written by God. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, that's great. Now you just have to put your faith in Jesus. And I go, 
I think I already have. And that, it's funny, me saying it, that was the, the moment I remember in the in the whole thing. It was like me voicing, I have put my faith in Christ. That like, because mm -hmm. the, the Bible says, it's like, you know, believe in your heart and speak with your mouth and you shall be saved. And it's like, that was the moment that it, it came out of my mouth. And that that's the moment I remember that's ingrained in my mind. Um, and then at that point, I'm like, you know what? I should probably read it. <laughs> that would be a good idea. <laughs> I started reading the Bible, and it was like as I was going through, I was like, "Oh gosh, I can't do that anymore, can I?" Like, are you more of a? I'll ask you this: Are you more of a New Testament or an Old Testament guy? I love the Old Testament. The Old Testament to me is much more, more fun to read because the stories are so amazing. Oh my yeah. gosh, dude! I so want to make the Book of Joshua into a movie with giants <laughs> and dragons and and freaking you know, the destruction of, of Jericho and everything. Oh man, It'd be such a sick story. But here's the caveat. I want to do it like plot wise straight out of the Bible, but I want to set it in like Lord of the Rings fantasy setting. Because mm. I hate how people used to dress in reality. <laughs> but Amazon, Amazon has to produce it. No! <laughs> Rings of power producers. <laughs> no, but you go back and you look in history books and like, oh, this is how the Philistines dress. And you're like, bro, get a, get a designer. You guys, come on. This armor is kind of cheesy. <laughs> oh my God, man. Jeez. Oh, so now, so how have you been able to like, from then from here on out, most of your life at that point, live by the Bible then. Because you know how like, people have a problem with like, actually, they have, they have no problem reading it when they get into Christianity, but actually living it. So how have you made adjustments in your life to actually, you know, live by the Bible, actually? Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing is like, as I started reading it, I was, you know, it's like I got to the point where it says, always be sober minded. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can't get drunk anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I can't, the, the last time I smoked pot, it was like, um, probably, probably about a year later, <clears throat> and I like I smoked pot and I like I was sitting on the couch and I was just thinking to myself, I'm not 100% in control of my facilities. And that was it. That was it. I was like, all right, I'm not doing this anymore because I'm not sober minded. Right. And so I just as I discovered what God determined was right and wrong, I adjusted my life to that. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. But mm -hmm. I do, you know, the best I can. I try to live accordingly and. You know, sometimes that sometimes some people don't don't appreciate that. Sorry, you're not my God. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is true. You know? Yeah. Then what would you think most Christians now fail on? Because, you know, it's like one bad one does something bad. Then everyone's in the freaking, you know, human centipede of garbage right there. And now oh, everyone's that, bad. That, that, was, that was my exact opinion of uh, like before I became a, before I became a Christian. Um, was like, I just thought about like, you know, oh, the, the witch trials and the, <laughs> the crusades and blah, blah, blah. And then what's funny is I started doing a real deep dive on the crusades and it's like, bro, the crusades were freaking legit, a defensive war. The, the Christian side only killed about 1.2 million people. The Muslim side killed 250 million. It's, <laughs> it's like this, this was a defensive. I mean, there were what 11, 12 crusades, something like that. And like, Okay, one of them was really stupid and just a freaking uh, uh, money grab. I can't remember which one it was. But most of them, there was like, uh, yeah, we need to like push back against this encroaching empire that is that is enslaving and killing and torturing and doing to the Muslims. 
Literally, the Muslims killed a quarter of a billion people before the population of Earth reached a billion people. That's how bad the Islamic Empire was. And the Crusades was just the bulwark against that. And like, but, you know, growing up in the American school system, Crusades bad because Christians bad, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I fell for all that. But yeah, as, as far as people, dude, we live in America. <clears throat> we live in, we live in cultural Christianity. So like, I would say that a lot of people here, they say they're Christians, but they've never cracked the Bible open. They sure. say they're Christians because yeah. mom's a Christian, right? Yeah. It's not like China. You go to China, if somebody there says they're a Christian, they're a freaking Christian because mm -hmm. they could go to jail or get killed for saying mm -hmm. they're a Christian. Right? Well, it's Here, also like, not yeah, even acknowledging it, too. It's just more like, you know, I, I think that if you say you are this, then something in your actions should show that, you know? Right. That's the problem that I've always had with religious people in general. It's not that I hate them for the religion. I think it's more like if you're going to say you're this, your life should reflect that. I imagine most gods want you to reflect what, you know, is said in their Bibles, actually, you know? Yeah. What is what was it? Einstein or Mark Twain or something said mm -hmm. that it's, it, you know, it's not Christ. I have a problem with it's his followers. <laughs> <laughs> man, that guy has such timeless quotes. Honestly, those quotes have all yeah. aged so well, man. Oh my God. But like legitimate, legitimately, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the religion is. You don't base it on the followers because nobody's going to follow something perfectly. You base mm -hmm. it on the founder. Right. Right. So your opinion of Christianity should be perfect. Christianity would be people that follow Jesus's example. Mm -hmm. The people who don't follow Jesus's example are bad examples of Christianity. Yes. Right. Same thing with Islam. The people who are the best Muslims are the ones who are following the warlord pedophile who started his law <laughs> oh god this guy's so spicy trying to always get me in trouble man good lord <laughs> well because who forget the basic meaning of being a christian which is being christ-like so right just by that simple well, definition for anyone little yeah. christ yeah yeah and it's just i've seen people say they're all this and this not just my town alone there's a lot of churches in my town people say they're this but you know the women going do some very inappropriate stuff on the weekends. And, hmm. you know, on Sunday, they get on their knees and probably been on their knees previous other days before Sunday, actually, we'll say. <laughs> I have <sighs> terrible internet, I guess. Hmm. Okay. You were saying. Oh, sorry. Like, you know how, like, women or people will be like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm this and this, God this, but... Like on Friday, Saturday, they'll be at the clubs partying, you know, girls yeah. be getting on their knees and stuff. Then they'll be getting on their knees for their pastor. <sighs> Good Lord. Gotta love yeah. it. <laughs> you, you can't be a one day a week Christian. That's, uh, <laughs> I think. Yeah, honestly, someone told me that. Yeah, someone told me that. One dude, day a week Christian. I remember that. Yeah. I think that's uh, psychologically, like, incredibly damaging. I know a lot of people, uh, like most of the people I've met in my life who are bipolar, I could I could classify them as people who have had one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to divide their life up between following Christ and hitting the clubs and doing the things, you know, and it's like <laughs> and then they end up on on uh lithium. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh, man. <sighs> well, you know, looking at everything that everything that has happened, you know, because you you're all everyone knows you're a dad. So how have you enjoyed being a dad throughout all these oh, many years? 
Mm-hmm. I love being a dad. I can't wait to be a grandpa. Oh, good lord, Dan, you're gonna have gray hair. Good lord. <laughs> uh, you know, then, like when when your grandkid gets to be like five, like you could you could literally say, "Back in my day." <laughs> I say that now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Freaking grandkids gonna have like an iPad. I'm born in 1971, sir. We have been off the gold standard as long as I have been alive. 1971. That means you were around when Top Gun came out. What the heck? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I saw Top Gun in theaters. We know. That means you were around when Star Wars dropped. I saw Star Wars in theaters. Yeah. So you've lived through like most of the pop culture fandom events, comic books. You you saw like the rise of Image. Comic book I was I was working at Image in the Rise of Image. Oof, God, you were around for the Star Wars. I was the, beginning. I was the anchor on Freak Force for twelve issues. So okay, so what haven't you lived through in the nerd fandom? Then you you've been through like everything essentially from like the non digital age all the way up till now. That's crazy yeah. to think about, actually. Yeah. Oh, true. God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to. You just put on, you're just a giant fossil, is what I'm trying to say. I'm just an old man. <laughs> okay, so I'll ask you this. What is a common thing people have member berries about, about comic books back in the day that they try to like make it sound like it's a lot better now? Because people always make it sound like everything about comics was, be- was good back in your time period. But I can't imagine everything was good. There, there, there's no way. There had to have been some bad. I mean, that, that's typical. I mean, most you know 80 it's it's what's the what's the ratio like 80 percent of everything is crap and 20 percent is good and then like two <laughs> percent is excellent someone like chat that. older than mike probably not i i'll be 30 th- th- this year I'm not, my back's yeah, starting to give out even, even that old man story time with friends is a year <laughs> younger than me <laughs> God, man. look at that gray-haired fox silver-haired mm-hmm. fox in the in the chat yeah he's uh He's even a year younger than me, but um, I would I would say that, like I was saying, you know, in the '80s, you had a lot of the great stuff, but in the '90s, people people try to elevate the '90s as this this awesome time, and it's like it really wasn't. There's so much, and I, I hate it because it was very successful time, and it was the time I got I broke into comics, but um, there was so much money in comics that they were just hiring anybody that could hold a pencil that's how i broke in i could hold a pencil and uh there was so much money in comics they were just just jamming stuff out and uh i i think it took it from the 80 percent crap up to 90 95 crap right and and you know you had a you had a few standouts you know but i think uh image produced just a whole bunch of pretty unreadable garbage that's what I keep hearing about it. So people wanted to defect to get away from the mainstream. They want to go do their own thing, but they'd hire like their college buddies to write the stories while they did the art. Is you talking that- about Jim Lee? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what he did. That is uh, exactly what he did. So you were at it, Image. It, it, That's crazy to think about. Holy yeah, my god! The the problem with um with the the problem with a lot of artists is they aren't writers um gosh i don't know how to phrase this it's it's not so much that they aren't writers it's that they don't even know what good writing is so they can't judge when they're hiring a writer how good that writer is right so they might hire someone who's just as bad a writer as they are Hmm. 
and so you're you're producing unreadable crap either way you slice it even if you're like okay i can't write so i'm gonna hire my college buddy i'm not saying uh whatever he can take it over however he wants um but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna hire my my high school friend or somebody who you know we used to talk about comics back in the day and he's gonna write it and like, <laughs> not to freaking tell a story either there's no one you think about characterization or story beats or anything and <laughs> here you are but but you're just not drawing it. That's what everyone kept saying. Like the art is really good, but the stories are crap. And that's something that I want to bring up too. It's gonna be this is gonna be spicy. My own little spicy take is: Do you know how like now people are combing through like Eric's comic book, right, and going through like all the story beats and everything? Do you know what I've noticed? Why don't people in that movement do that for their friends' books? No one does that for their friends' books. All oh. I hear is, <laughs> all I hear generally is the co- so so like. Personal book, Indiegogo campaign, they get backers to buy it, they get the book fulfilled, but you never hear about the story. All I hear is like, oh, the art's good. Okay, that, that's awesome. But what's the story about? None of them ever talk about their stories ever. I've it's I've probably maybe met like yeah, two no, people nobody that have done uh, it. what's your favorite parted in Cyberfrog, right? Nobody says what's your favorite part of Cash Grab and Glorious Rex. I'm not taking shots. I'm saying that why are we only doing that for Eric's book? You know, because people will uh, dude. I'll no, dude, because it's it's not a good how do i say this it's classless to be a professional mm-hmm. and criticize other professionals publicly mm-hmm. so um i'm doing it to ethan right now just as a little payback because he did it to eric and cliff richards which look i have my i have my issues with that story i think you know i'm but yeah. i'm not going to go do a freaking terna i only do critiques and and most professionals will only do critiques of people who request the critique, True. right? Mm-hmm. We're not critics. We're professionals. And there's a professional courtesy that you don't go backstab other professionals by tearing down their work in public. But Ethan doesn't give a rip about that stuff because he'd rather tear down Eric July than hold up to professional standards. Yeah, that's my thing. Is if we're gonna start doing that, then why don't we do that for everyone else's book then? Because if because the thing we is, won't, because we're professionals, dude. Well, well, the model that the fans are using, the people in the movement are using it is like, well, Eric can't take criticism and all that, all that, not, not, and all that stuff, right? Well, then if you guys want your creators to get better, you guys should be talking about the books then. What's good in those stories then? I don't. Uh, like, I like this before the you know the story you said before the creators. A little bit of etiquette to not do that, I, I, which I agree with. It's just the, the fans that keep saying these books are quality, these books are quality, none of the fans talk about these books. I have not heard one of these fans say what's their favorite part about any of these books, any of them. It lists you any watch, of them. Do you ever watch Well Read User? Well I don't read think com- so. Well Read Comics? No. All right. Well, no. he, does, he does a regular uh, critique show where he'll bring on a handful of fans who have read certain books. He's done mine. He's done Ethan's. He's, mm-hmm. done, he's done a bunch of different books. And, mm-hmm. and they do a little powwow critique session and it's pretty no no holds barred so that's a good if you want critique mm-hmm. on projects go check out well read mm-hmm. i can't believe i'm shouting him out i usually just give him crap but <laughs> <laughs> gary Shippen in the chat says i request that mike not <laughs> mike is so mean he wants to tear you down be like this I character sucks I, burn I, it. I, I, I did uh we used to do do a like a little cobra kai mm-hmm. critique session on my channel and it was like people who volunteered to have their stuff critiqued could send it in to me 
and I would rip it to shreds. Oh God. And it was a lot of fun. And, and people years later, thank me for it because it made them look, that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. That's, I, it was a quantum leap because I had been told all my life, just like most of these artists out there, I've been told all my life from grade school up through college. Yeah. You're the best artist here. You're the best. <laughs> and then like, so you, you get that in your freaking stupid little adolescent brain and, yeah. and you get all arrogant about your art and you think you mm-hmm. don't need to listen to critique from anybody. I met a guy and, and that was kind of the thing. It's like, it's like, well, I need to meet somebody better than me in order right. to critique. Me. And I met this guy, Neil Lamb, and he was a life drawing teacher and he was a phenomenal illustrator. Um, and I'm like, would you critique my stuff? He ripped me. Uh, I needed Vaseline. He ripped me a new <laughs> one so hard. And it was great, mm-hmm. right? Finally, somebody who can look at my art, pick apart everything wrong. And so I worked with him and I would send him my stuff and back and forth and back and forth. Right. And it wasn't until I kind of got to the point with him where he's critiquing how I draw knuckles that I'm like, all right, I'm getting somewhere here. Mm. If you're nitpicking my knuckles. <laughs> that is good. God, right? what a <laughs> madman. What an absolute animal. Somewhere. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the thing that um on, on, on my panel shows when I have other people talking about indie comics and stuff like that. The same thing you just said right there, that mindset of like everyone's telling you each other's good. I, I don't know if you've seen these guys' conversation. I've had a lot of my shows, I'm not saying they're bad guys, but everyone keeps telling them, telling them then their stuff is good. And then they always wonder, like, well, why is my stuff not selling on these crowdfunding campaigns? Well, just be honest here, guys, not every one of your single things is good. To you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's literally impossible. Just by just by the sheer amount of media we have on this planet, that everything is good. There's no way yeah. on this earth everyone's stuff is good. So one of two things are true: either it's not very good, the fans are lying to you, but they'll throw you some money because they just like you as a person. I, I think well, it's more I like the fans like them as people than like one they're actually on that. One caveat yeah, yeah. on that: most fans don't know what is good; they only know what they like. That's true, and that's fair, right? Mm-hmm. I don't personally think Todd McFarlane is very good. But I know he's got a million fans that like it. So mm-hmm. that's not the same. It's not the same angle to attack the problem from. Mm-hmm. Right. I know Ethan's not good. <laughs> but he's got this. thousands of fans who disagree with me. So that's mm-hmm. that's fine. They like his stuff, but mm-hmm. they don't know what is good and what isn't. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is like you have all these creatives always jerking each other off saying, no, your stuff is really good. I can't believe you haven't made no sales in your campaign, but your art is really good. It's like, are we still supposed to gaslight each other? Like, is that that's, that's what this is? That's Everyone really just, what it is, man. You yeah. can't be you can't. Truth hurts, you know? Yeah, it does. Hurts, say. And, and people told me I was not I was not white. I was black. You know, my, my life broke down because I'm joking. But <laughs> put your arm up to the camera. <laughs> You guys, my, you guys my daughter's my boy, my daughter's boyfriend is black, and I swear I'm as dark as he is. <laughs> she she gonna start wearing a do rag, talking about drinking great Kool Aid or something. If that she's happens, not. Like, she's not oddly enough. <laughs> you told me she dated a black guy, and there's not stereotypes associated with her. Crazy. <laughs> CNN must have been lying to me. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But you know, as, as we wind down, a few things more. I'll ask you, and we'll head out because I know it's getting late for you over there. It's just that's what I've noticed in in this man. Not just Iron Age and stuff. It's like everyone keeps telling each other their stuff is good. So at that point, no one can improve. So you're telling me that right. everyone's stuff is so good. So it, by that logic, you can't improve. 
so your stuff is so good. And it's like we get in this like, I don't know what it is, honestly. It's what you called it earlier. It's just a circle jerk of people just lying to each other because they're, you know, afraid to hear the truth. Well, they're being they're being nice and you can't be nice in critique. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Crit- critique is criticism. You have to crit- criticize mm-hmm. and criticism is never nice. I mean, you can. <laughs> I've been wanting to. Doing... <laughs> when you're um, look when when someone comes up and and does a portfolio review, you can start by pointing out the stuff they do well, sort of to soften the blow. But mm. if unless you get into the harsh, painful Kitty. truths, you're no one is going to learn, right? That's that's just the fact. So uh, yeah. That was a cat. That was a cat. That you cat, got, its name is Max. Do you have a dog? Oh, do you have like any other animals? Do you have dogs? I have two cats. You want one? Me, me no. That's a lot of pussy. Uh, I got enough women in my life. I'm just kidding. I'm just, just joking, everybody. Oh, Lord. Jeez. My cat st- opens my window all the time, and so I have to use a sword to close You use a sword. Okay, anyone breaks in your house, they're getting like Veroni Kenshin or something. Holy God. Oh my Lord. Are you like Rachel Ghoul or something? I'm a, I'm a, I got a katana right here too. Oh my Lord. Good God, this man's insane. And just in case those fail, I get my nunchucks. Oof. So now Mike is claiming he's a light-skinned black guy. I guess just everything at this point now. <laughs> a katana. Yes, that's my katana. Oof. All right, so last things I'll ask is you got any uh Would you like to swing on a you got any plans for twenty twenty four for your like YouTube channel or you know anything I have in the goals. Realm? Goals, yes. Uh, I'm not I'm not intent on growing my YouTube channel actually. I only I really only do my Wednesday show so I can hang out with my friends that I've made over the few years. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, you can have friends over the internet. It's I know it's a <laughs> weird foreign concept. Um but yeah, I don't have to press the flesh with somebody to consider them my friends. Uh, and I like hanging out with them on, on Wednesdays. It kind of like takes that time out of the night or my week to actually, you know, reconnect and reconnect with the fans that want to hang out. We do a live drawing show every Wednesday, drawn and quartered on Blacklist Universe. You can come check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we do. So, but if I wanted to, YouTubing is a job. Right. Unless you're doing it just for fun, like I'm doing. I don't know. I don't know what your plan is with with mm-hmm. yours, but um, I mean, I, I had a political channel before and I got because I understand the algorithm and how to make, right. you know, clickbait and blah, blah, blah. Dude, I got that thing up to 14,000 subscribers in about two weeks. So if I wanted to continue to build, I have a <clears throat> secondary channel. I was doing stuff like that on. But um, again, I just, it it's, takes time out of your day because it's a job. You have to do it. You have to do it every day. You have to do it. You know, you have to be dedicated. You have to find the right topics. You have to, you know, it's a job. Yeah, same thing. And that's not my first I don't want channel, that to be actually. my job. That, I, like the same thing with you. I had a bigger first channel, you know, I uh, got taken down because, you know, hate speech, YouTube's BS. So that, that's actually my, yeah, I got my second channel rebranded. Right? January 6th and stuff. Mine was about Looney Tunes. Uh, <laughs> so that's actually my second channel right there. So, yeah, I, I told people before, I know how to grow a channel, but it just, as you said before, it takes 
massive dedication to make sure yeah. you're constantly uploading videos. Because people, people don't understand this, dude. Unless you're doing some really well-documented, really crafted, edited video, you need to upload pretty consistently to be in the algorithm to push your videos. Yeah. And that's how, and how you it works. Have to maintain, you have to maintain whatever the idiom of your channel is. That's what you have to maintain. You deviate outside of it. You fall off the algorithm. You miss a day. You fall off the algorithm. It's all mm -hmm. very... It locks you in to this job and i don't <laughs> want that to be my job so happy to be here happy to hang out happy to do interviews with guys like you um but uh you talk to a black man what i know and I'm, I'm gonna ruin my racism <laughs> oh god and oh i forgot i gotta get rid of my daughter's boyfriend too oh gosh Jeez. <laughs> don't worry i'll help you you gotta get the black ass out of here no i'm just kidding <laughs> So last thing I'll ask you is, um, you know, looking at your whole career, everything you have at this point, think it's all been worth it? I mean, I, I don't know what worth it means. I, I'm blessed with where I am. I, I believe every every step I've taken uh, is has led me here. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love my life. I have five awesome kids, uh, five beautiful, kids. beautiful wife. One cat I love, one cat I really want to kick into traffic. But, you know, got a roof over my head. I got, yeah. I'm blessed, dude. I, I'm way more yeah. blessed than I need to be or, or far more blessed than I deserve to be. And uh, Donald Trump's going to win the next election. And he I mean, what to. else could you want? Dang, Absolutely. Vivek, so. Vivek, that's thing. Vivek dropped out. That's, and Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley think they're going to win. That's that. That is peak delusion. Yeah. <laughs> the people that yeah. had less votes than Vivek think they're about to win. <laughs> I don't I hate don't... Ron. I think Ron's a, a pretty cool guy, but like he doesn't have the pull right now to win. There's no way, man. What's what's even the point? Why are yeah. they even trying? Wait, they're literally wasting their donors' money. That's all they're doing. Yeah, they're just wasting. It's money. like trying to empty a swimming pool with a freaking teacup. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's actually hell. Don't. That is. Oh lord. <laughs> While it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the last thing is uh, any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular? Anything else you want to say before we close out? Yeah, I want to shout out Gary Shipman in the chat. Thanks mm -hmm. for hanging out, Gary. Uh. Yeah, the Drawn and Quartered crew, uh, the guys that come by my my show every Wednesday, everybody, if you want to come hang out. You can check out my comic here, LoneStarComic.com, uh, last chance campaign on the third issue. You can get all of them. You can get my entire library if you want. Um, anything else? Squid so Grow? I can go to your website. If you're in the cryptocurrency, go get some Squid Grow. Also, your website, really last quick thing. I can go to your website right now and I can buy anything from that you've ever put out, essentially. Outside of like LoneStarComic.com. Yeah, it has my entire library. Okay. It's the last, awesome. last tier on the bottom. So that's the thing that people need to understand. Outside of the crowdfunding and stuff like that, man, if the people have a big enough name draw like, like you've mentioned, why don't they make a website to drive the traffic to their website? I've never understood that. You know? That's I don't know. This is the, the Lone Star Comic is actually on um it, it just redirects to fund my comic where I have a campaign. Oh, uh, for anyone asking about about the channel, yeah, just copy and paste that link I put in the live chat, and you can find me and subscribe. So thank you so much. Awesome talk, talking to Mike for the first time. He kind of blew me out the first time. I was like, who are you? Talk to me. I got stuff going on. I just, But, you know, <laughs> like, he <laughs> was like, I'm talking to a black man. What the heck? You know, but it was an awesome talk, talking to Mike, someone who did one of my more infamously like stories. I actually like Injustice. I don't care. 
that it's, you know I, it's a really well written book. It's I was I was happy to I'll say to myself, you know, I did the artwork for it. Uh. <laughs> well, no, I mean I was just glad to be a part of it because it's it's uh that that book, um my entire like 30 years in comics, dude. And that was that's the one book where people come up to me at cons and say, This is the book that got me into comics. And that's what yeah. I want. I want to get people mm-hmm. into comics, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I, this whole retarded argument mm-hmm. that YouTubers shouldn't make comics is the dumbest thing I've ever heard come mm-hmm. out of anybody's mouth. Because these YouTubers are reaching entirely new audiences. Just just the handful of guys on Friday Night Tights. If you add up their their they have millions of fans, yeah. and the Venn diagram isn't a complete crossover. So it's not just all the same guys. Mm-hmm. They've got millions of fans subscribed. Mm-hmm. They can reach they can reach more people than are currently buying comic books in America. It's true, mm-hmm. and convert some percentage of them into comic book fans. Who in their right mind doesn't want that? If you I, care I, yeah, about I comics, mm-hmm. who wouldn't want that? Unless uh, no, you're a do, petty, uh, I agree. spite-filled, angry, big-nosed fat man. No, I, I agree, man. It's the thing that I've always asked, why can't they, though? What What is this like, oh, I have a disdain for someone who... It's so, just it's, stupid it's so crazy. Yeah, jealousy, It's all just semantics. It's all semantics. Like, wait, why can't they be a creator? Why can't a YouTuber be a... Yeah, it's what all it is. Or, or competition. Envy. Well, it's the same thing or that Amaranth put out about. Uh, yeah, it's not. No, no, no. Wait, hold on, hold on. It's not competition because mm. even Eric July, who's produced three books in yeah. a year, that's only three books. If yeah. he's if he's bringing more people into comics, their natural inclination isn't. I'm going to wait another four months to buy another Eric July book. They're going to be like, "What else is cool?" Yeah, yeah. Right. And if I agree. Mm-hmm. If someone's cool with Eric, Eric might go, well, why don't you go check out Roboto? Oh, sorry. No, I was agreeing with you. It was just like, I don't yeah. understand why people say that YouTubers can't do it. I, I, it, it I, I, either they're scared of competition. Of envy, man. That's all out of envy. They see, they see people doing much, much better than they are. And they want to tear them down just out of envy. Envy, envy and jealousy will kill a man. I will say that myself. It is of the devil. Hmm? Oh, thank you guys for uh, coming out, hanging out tonight. And uh, if you guys watch the replay and you're like, what happened to Mike's internet? Um, He has dial up or something. I have no clue what happened. But <laughs> I got two here. kids playing Roblox over here. They're sucking up on my bandwidth. Good luck. Burn their computers down. Not now what are you playing? Now he's playing Rainbow. Rainbow Six. That's actually a good game. I like the game. Well, everyone, see you guys I played later. the first one. Hmm. Would you like CSGO? I didn't play it. I'm just saying I played when I worked. I used to work at Ion Storm and we got first Rainbow Six and we used to all just play in the in the office. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Just yelling. I would just tell people don't listen to someone when they're gonna tell you you can't do it. I don't but but there's bigger YouTube. Okay, if someone told you to go jump up a bridge, you're doing that too. Like, what are we doing here? You know, I just don't get it. It's I either they're scared of the competition this person could bring them because they want to be the only guy doing it, or they legitimately actually I don't know. It's something that people do, man, where you have a friend and you are afraid that they're gonna surpass you. So you start just getting in their ear, whispering a bunch of like crap to their ear to doubt them so they don't do it because you want to get surpassed. I hate people, man. Uh, I hate it. People can be a problem. 
Well, everyone, we'll see you guys later. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Goodbye.